Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Carl Morrison, Advanced Certified Paralegal and your host of the Paralegal Voice. Before we start today's show, we would like to thank our sponsor, NALA. NALA is a professional association for paralegals providing continuing education, voluntary certification, and professional development programs. NALA has been a sponsor of the Paralegal Voice since our very first show. And CourtFiling.net. E-file court documents with ease in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. To learn more, visit CourtFiling.net to take advantage of a free 30-day trial. And ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screen process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, who embrace technology and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of The Paralegal Voice. Of recent, I've been thinking about different show ideas, and a lot of times paralegal students and paralegals that have been working for a while, you know, they have questions about, you know, what can I do besides being a paralegal, you know, what I call different career pathways. And my goal always with the show is to help educate and advocate for you paralegals out there. And whether you're up and coming or whether you've been doing it for many, many years, the whole goal is to, to educate, inform, advocate for you, the listener. And today's topic is what I call the alternative career or alternative paralegal career pathways. And what you can do with the paralegal skills that you have, whether it be from programs that you have graduated from or whether you've been doing it for many years and the talents that you've acquired. And so today's show is all about one of those alternative career pathways for us paralegals. It's known as legal operations. And you're probably going, what the heck is legal operations, girl? I've never heard this before. And I have a wonderful guest with me today. His name's Tom Stevenson. He's a registered paralegal, and he is head of legal operations for Teladoc Health in Dallas, Texas. Welcome, Tom. Hey, Carl. How's it going today? Great. And Tom, I could, you know, read your whole giant bio. We won't do that. We'll let, you know, the the listeners go on the website and, and read more about you. So, I'm just going to jump right off into it. And first, I want to say thank you so much for spending time with me today to talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, which is called legal operations. And Tom and I have connected probably about, what, a year and a half ago. And we've been following each other on social media. And I got to noticing with Tom that it's funny how his position and, and my positions, we seem to be running very much parallel in our career trajectories. And we've made that transition from private practice to corporate in-house. And now ultimately we're in, in considered legal operations professionals. But I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of us, you know. So let's, let's reel it back first and let's talk about the steps that it took to get to where we are today and specifically you, Tom. And so how did you make that leap from working in a law office to working just in a corporate legal department? How did you do that? Did you find it difficult to make that transition? Yeah, you know, um, we do have such similar backgrounds. And, you know, for both of us, you know, we've been working in the legal industry, you know, for well over a decade now. And we've had the opportunity to kind of, you know, work for some amazing law firms in different capacities and positions. So for me, you know, it didn't take long uh, to connect the dots when my career progressed, you know, from that 
paralegal to senior paralegal to, you know, managing a group of paralegals and legal administrative support staff. There's a lot of particular core skill sets, you know, that are found as a paralegal. And I found for me personally, they were easily transferable to legal operations and administration. So when I shifted from assisting attorneys in the delivery of legal services to overseeing non-attorney staff to facilitate, you know, really what I think is efficient operations of a law firm, I quickly realized that, you know, I already was in that role, you know, transitioning from working in a law office to working in a corporate legal department, but without the actual legal corporate department itself. Uh, you know, in my position, you know, in various law firm administration positions, those duties of managing, you know, the day-to-day -day operations, you know, of a firm participating, you know, in the strategic planning process, identifying, you know, short and long-term organizational goals, working with HR, you know, all of these are really part of what I think are core legal operations uh, processes and ultimately really define the functional areas that most in-house legal departments, you know, take in that administration and really do transcend pretty easily to working into a corporate legal department. So for me personally, I don't think that the transition was difficult, but one thing I did notice is that I had to fine tune my duties to demonstrate those skills necessary to succeed. So, you know, we kind of have both you and I the same skill sets and they may be called or performed differently depending upon whether we were, you know, in private practice or now we are in-house. Exactly right. And for those that may be new listeners that don't know much about my background either, it, it very similar to Tom here, really looking at and honing in on the skills that I already had and fine tuning those respective skills. I also did not find it hard or, or didn't have that difficult to make the transition. Now, there are other areas, and I'm sure the same with you, Tom that there's other areas that you don't have a lot of skill set to, but you look for resources to help improve, to help grow those respective skills, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, paralegal skills that I've kind of relied on in order for me to succeed in legal operations arena right now. So, you know, not all paralegals assume the exact same duties, but there are a lot of common responsibilities that are at that core function within legal operations. So for me, you know, I was a chapter 11 paralegal for a number of years and kind of was responsible for overseeing the preparation of our corporate clients' monthly operating reports, you know, liquidation analysis, prorated distribution schedules so that we could ultimately confirm a chapter 11 plan reorganization. So when I'm looking to hire somebody, you know, in the legal operations arena, or when I'm looking back on those skill sets, when I see those, I think to myself, okay, here's, you know, a paralegal with financial experience to lead the development and management of legal budgets. Check. We're good on that. Or another example was that, you know, when I, uh, I led, you know, a selection procurement and execution of three new legal systems, you know, when I was working in private practice as a legal practice support manager. So this was from, you know, firm-wide design to understanding the implementation process and ultimately training for those users. So once again, we have that core legal operations skill sets of business intelligence, vendor management, knowledge management, while still maybe potentially having the title of paralegal or paralegal manager or legal support manager. So those skill sets that I learned early in my career as a paralegal really have uh, allowed me to succeed in the legal operations arena. 
So what prompted you, I'm curious to know, what prompted you to make the transition from private practice to the corporate, just a corporate legal department? I mean, was there one thing that was like the catalyst that pushed you in that direction? Or did you just wake up one morning and go, hey, I think I'm going to go into corporate in-house <laughs> legal department. I mean, I wish it would have been a lot easier if I just woke up one morning and said, man, I really like that legal operations and this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my career. Um, but I've always been very tech savvy and kind of programmed to think outside of the box. So when I first kind of discovered the intersection of law and technology while working as a legal technology consultant, I realized early on that technology does play a very important role within legal departments. You know, it's, it's cost savings, it's efficiency, it's better and faster data analytics, you know, it's making clear decision makings, you know, the list goes on and on. So I think for me, that catalyst to jump from private practice to corporate in-house really was predicated on trying to make sure that there was a path within legal operations for those that come from a long history of working, you know, as a paralegal in the legal industry or, you know, legal support staff. So uh, much like you, I'm very active within the paralegal profession and kind of believe that there are many opportunities within legal operations for those like us. And so I kind of wanted to make sure that I was at that forefront uh, for that charge. So having the, the drive and the ambition to wanting to uh, make the jump from private practice to in-house coupled with kind of those, you know, savvy technology skills that I have, I think that really has helped me make that transition and really was the catalyst in making that transition itself. You know, it's funny because I didn't choose per se to go into corporate in-house. I mean, I was curious because I've been doing this for, you know, at the time over 20 years and I was like, is there more to my career than, quote unquote, just being a paralegal? And there's nothing wrong with, you know, working in private practice. I did, you know, insurance defense, class action type work, big giant cases and was in the courtroom all the time. And I enjoyed it. But I thought, is there more to this? Because as I am maturing, uh, you know, it's like, do I really want to work, you know, 80 hours a week getting ready for a trial or in the midst of trial at the age of 52. Well, no, not necessarily. So it's like, what else is there for me to do? And actually, I was, you know, absconded by my now current uh, general counsel, you know, and it reached out to me for a position. And it was an opportunity for me to take the skills that I had already established and continue to grow and evolve and, and branch into other areas that I don't wouldn't have the opportunity to necessarily work in. For me, I deal with employment law issues. I deal with intellectual property, stuff I would have never done before. So for me, it was I was kind of stolen, but it was a good stolen. It was an opportunity for me to grow. And I'm sure the listeners are the same way is that, you know, what else is there for me to do with the paralegal skills that I already have? This is for us and what we're talking about, an opportunity. It's an alter alternative career pathway for paralegals. So before we jump into the meat and potatoes of legal operations, I really want to uh, you know, discuss what that term actually means. So Tom, you know, legal operations means different things to different people, but there is a core really, I'm not going to say definition, but there's a core way to explain what is. So what is the definition of legal operations? How would you define it? I think that legal operations at its core really is focused on making in-house legal teams run more efficient, 
effectively and making better decisions. And I really want to place the emphasis on the and because, you know, you can be efficient, but maybe you're not making, you know, great business decisions or you could be making great business decisions, but not be, you know, tackling them the most efficient way possible. So legal operations professionals are more than just the right hand of the general counsel. You know, as paralegals, a lot of individuals, both in the legal profession and maybe outside of the legal profession, when we're explaining what we do as paralegals to our friends and our family, think that, you know, we're just the right hand to an attorney. But really, I think legal operations is ultimately focused on managing all the functions that take place within a legal department and that are really separate from the true substantive delivery of legal advice. So, for example, I'm focused on making sure that my team, our vendors, internal department colleagues, you know, finance, procurement, HR, that all of the people that I work with are equipped with better processes information, technology, you know, and data-driven insights so we can kind of harness that maximum value, kind of like Superman, you know. And so I think that legal operations at its core really is a strategic function that can be divided into two main categories, you know, where one, we're taking on the tasks that don't require, you know, a JD or a law degree, and in doing so, kind of give way so that our attorneys can focus only on legal work. So we're taking away, you know, those administrative, those business intelligence, those functions, you know, that are not truly substantive and legal work away from our in-house attorneys so that once we take on those tasks, we as legal operations professionals can focus on driving efficiency within our department by using metrics and data. I know that, you know, CLOCK, for those who may not, uh, are not familiar with CLOCK, CLOCK is the Corporate Legal Operations Consortium, and they have 12 different functions that they think are critical in enabling, you know, organizations and in-house legal departments to think differently about, uh, you know, the way that each legal department grows, where their priorities are, where their objectives are, where their opportunities are. And those 12, the, the core 12, I think, is, is really important in helping define uh, legal operations. And so for those that aren't familiar, the 12 core are business intelligence, financial management, firm and vendor management, information governance, knowledge management, organization optimization and health, practice operations, project and program management, service delivery models, strategic planning, technology, and then finally training and development. And I'm sure that you feel the same way, but when describing all of those 12, you know, core competencies, I feel as though that as you climb, you know, the private practice ladder from, you know, a paralegal to a senior paralegal to, you know, maybe legal support manager, you know, you deal with these on a daily basis. You know, you you hire people, you implement new technology, you know, you um, help create budgets, uh, you know, for new hires. You want to create training guides, you know, for your paralegals. You want to make sure, you know, that you're using all of the tools in your toolbox as efficiently as possible. And so you're really what you're doing is you're taking the skills that you've accumulated and amassed over the years, and you're just moving it from private practice to in-house now with a larger emphasis, you know, and, and more of a reach. It's funny that you're, and I'm glad that you brought up clock and the 12 
core skills of a legal operations professional because when I actually started to segue into legal operations and first was brought into it, looking at that 12, at my first reaction was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to tackle all <laughs> these different areas? Because I really don't have these, these particular skills. But then when you really stop and think about all those respective areas. I mean, the one area where I would say I'm not weak, but I don't have the strongest is financial management because I didn't do that much in private practice. And so I have been, you know, expanding on that skill set. But most of the rest, it's like, oh, well, I'm, I've done this. I can actually go back over the course of my career and point to respective periods, respective things that I've done that actually are, those are the skills. And I'm like, oh, wait. I can do this job. I'm I'm not, you know, that green. So, I mean, for you, Tom, how did you even really get involved? I mean, for me, it was my general counsel kind of pointing me to this, to clock and, and the concept of legal operations. We're a small legal team. And so we're, we don't have a giant, we're not Google and have hundreds of employees working in the legal department. For you, Tom, how did you even get involved in the legal operations role itself? Was there something that really guided you that way? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've taken quite the journey. So, you know, when I first started in my career in legal, I kind of fell into a legal assistant paralegal job by not necessarily, you know, by graduating college, not quite sure what I wanted to do. And I thought, yeah, maybe, maybe let me, let me try my hand in legal. Maybe I want to, you know, be a lawyer one day. And after quickly realizing, nope, not, not going to be a lawyer, not for me. I kind of naturally steered in a direction with my dynamic and outgoing personality into wanting to really intersect the people operations of of legal and, and being a paralegal with my day-to-day -day duties. And so, you know, I started off, you know, making sure that I understood, you know, what being a paralegal was. I went back and I got, you know, my uh, education. I got my certification as a paralegal. Really wanted to make sure that I did, you know, the homework and understood the meat and potatoes of what goes into being a paralegal. And then after that, it was harnessing, you know, my personality and my skill sets um, to be able to teach and train and educate others. And so moving from paralegal to senior paralegal and senior paralegal to managing a group of paralegals, I quickly realized that at times there's a little bit of a ceiling that you can hit in private practice at that level. You know, I mean, you can, you can be a, you know, legal, you know, law firm admin, you can be a, you know, managing a group of paralegals, but I was kind of looking for a little bit more. And I always thought, man, it'd be really nice to work for one of those fun, cushy in-house companies in legal operations. Quickly, I'm sure you found out the same, not as cushy and not as easy as, <laughs> as the dream that we think when looking on the outside in. But what ultimately gravitated me towards, you know, going in-house and with legal operations was having, you know, a recruiter reach out to me and be able to identify and see these skill sets that I had in private practice and quickly realized and pieced together that those really do transcend into legal operations. So I actually kind of fell into it through a recruiter and, and, and understanding, you know, the tools that were in my toolbox and helping to harness those, you know, to make my that career jump for me. 
It's so funny that that you're talk about quickly realizing it's not all cushy and <laughs> glamorous <laughs> and corporate. Um, it's not if those that are thinking about it, but it's not. It's it's a good transition for those that yes. may be thinking about it. it. It's a good opportunity to grow as a professional. So Tom and I are not meaning to scare you away if you're <laughs> we're saying that it's not all roses because it's not, but that's with any job. Let's, let's be yes. honest, but it is a great opportunity. So let's take a short commercial break. So don't turn that dial. This episode of the Paralegal Voice is brought to you by courtfiling.net. Your solution for electronic filing in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. Courtfiling.net provides a better e-filing experience so you can spend more time helping clients. Because they know that work sometimes happens after hours, Courtfiling.net offers 24-7 phone, email, and chat support. Visit Courtfiling.net to receive 30 days of unlimited free electronic filings and see how you too can e-file court documents with ease. NALA members receive exclusive content, such as the Paralegal Utilization and Compensation Survey Report, access to a members-only collaboration site, discounts on office products and car rental, access and preferred placement on a web platform for paralegal contract jobs, and access to the member-only career center. NALA members also receive discounted education and products. Join NALA today and become a part of our community. Learn more at NALA.org. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. We've been talking with my guest, Tom Stevenson. He's head of legal operations for Teladoc. And we're, we're going to transition a little bit to talk about what specific skills, Tom, have you relied on in order for you to succeed in the legal operations? Are there like really certain two or three core skills that you've relied on? Yeah, I think that for me, you know, it has been about taking and harnessing, you know, that strong attention to detail that we're taught as paralegals and making sure that that attention to details is applied throughout all of legal operations. So as we talked about earlier with the core 12, you know, you'll have, you know, a financial management. So you want to make sure that the projections and the budgets and the forecasting that you are giving to, you know, different business units has that same, you know, strong attention to detail. We are taught as paralegals also, you know, to kind of closely proofread our emails as though that they will be, you know, read in court. And so for me, I think being able to take that that precision to detail transcends and is easily, you know, transferable into legal operations roles. You're exactly right. I mean, we're really project managers and you don't realize it when you're doing it because you're managing a case and you're, you know, taking a case from inception to, you know, resolution to judgment and post judgment. You're a project manager. You have those skills. And for me, one of, the, you know, the skills that I've relied on is the project management aspect of what I've done as a trial paralegal of managing a case and managing the trial team in the midst of, you know, a month long trial those skill sets that I have used to efficiently, you know, get the case together to, you know, getting all the, the witnesses lined up and so on and so forth. You know, for me, it's, it's been project management. So for the listeners, there are skill sets that you are going to rely on and use should you make that transition into the, the legal operations arena. So Tom, what's been your biggest challenge, you know, transitioning from paralegal to legal operations? I think that my 
the strongest skill set that I have is also my greatest weakness. And so once again, you know, I'm talking about that attention to details. So sometimes I have a tendency to turn that into perfectionism, you know. So the way that I communicate, you know, by trying to get across a clear, concise way, sometimes I can fiddle with, you know, the layout of a presentation to ensure that it's perfect. And the next thing you know, you know, I'm presenting, you know, a nine or 10 slide deck to our CFO and I've spent four or five hours on it, you know? And so I've, I've definitely learned to successfully budget my time and gauge which tasks required and really do actually benefit from that level of precision. So where, you know, before as a paralegal, we're taught that, you know, every I needs to be dotted, every T needs to be crossed. It's the same is still applicable in legal operations, but you just can't spend your entire time working on that, that perfectionism. And so for me, that's been the biggest challenge for me as I transitioned from paralegal to legal operations. So what would you recommend to a paralegal who really wants to go into legal operations, managing a legal department you know, managing the processes, helping streamline, things like that. How can they make that leap? How's it done? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that it's about really harnessing the underground paralegal network to show that, you know, that we are capable of transitioning from paralegal to legal operations. You know, we may not come from, you know, a typical MBA, you know, educational standpoint that you'll see in a lot of individuals who are in a generic operations role. And we're not, you know, attorneys as well either. But as paralegals, you know, we have historically been responsible for administrating, you know, important processes in law firms and legal departments. And we've often at times leveraged technology to do so. So I think that transition, you know, is the same way whether we were looking to, you know, advance our paralegal career and move up in that or if we're looking to, you know, move from uh, being a paralegal into legal operations. So, you know, I, I try and attend one to two legal operations conferences a year. And now that I have, you know, been going to them and making that network and that connection, I've been trying to add a few speaking engagements as well. And then another thing is, is I think as somebody who in legal operations, I'm constantly watching my outside counsel spend. I believe that that same networking with vendors can also lead to savings. And so, you know, I'm also at the same time, you know, listening to the podcast, you know, uh, joining your local paralegal association, you know, or attending NALA's conference. You know, I think that there are ways that you can harness that uh, leap by really utilizing your network and making sure that you build it just as though you would for your paralegal career. And for the listeners, you know, understand that there are other career pathways, this being legal operations. And Tom and I are paralegals. That's our, you know, experience. That's our background. That's our education. And so don't think that you can't make that leap and that transition because you can, you do have the skill sets, you know, it's a, it's a lot also, and Tom, you can probably agree with me that it's determining your self-worth and understanding that, Hey, I can't do this job. You know, I do have the skill sets in order to do it. And some paralegals, actually, that's their second career. They were in, you know, accounting or, or HR before they transitioned into becoming a paralegal. Well, heck, you've, you've really got a leg up because you're very strong. In that. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, you know, as I shifted from, you know, that, 
managing paralegals, you know, to now where I am at an operational level, you know, I had to make sure that I didn't lose sight of what I thought were my successful paralegal principles, you know? So for me now it's, if I don't know something or I need some more time to think about it, you know, in private practice, I would at times, you know, rush to get the answer as quick as possible or, or run down to another attorney's office and try and get it as quick as possible. But now I'm trying to let that simple, you know, let me think about it, turn into analyzing the details or objectives or what time and money would be committed to it before responding to it. So, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to make sure that I never lose or lose track of those core paralegal competencies that have been built into us for so, so long, but really harness those and tap into those resources to make sure that I'm successful in legal operations. Yeah, it's just a matter of stepping back and, and, and looking at and, and understanding there's all sorts of resources out there to help you succeed in legal ops. Tom, you can probably agree with me, but the Corporate Legal Operations Consortium, CLOC, CLOC.org, is a great resource if you just want to get more information about legal operations as a whole. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I, one of the things that I have utilized the most um, as a member of CLOC is they have a, a tools and resource section oh, yeah. that not only, you know, breaks down each of the 12 core overviews, but it also, you know, it's a community resource. And so people are all the time asking for, hey, I need a budget template for next year. Or, hey, does anybody have, you know, a project plan in, in implementing X, Y, or Z? And so, you know, much like you and I have connected outside and used, you know, both our profession and our personalities to kind of bounce ideas off of each other. The same goes for having that that connection with clock. And so I think I think it truly is one of the essential starters that if you are looking to make that transition from paralegal to legal operations, definitely look at clock. Um, and I think it's well worth the investment. Okay, so like I said, we can keep going all day. All day, <laughs> all day <Yes>. right? <laughs> <laughs> so before we sign off, you know, I always have my fun question. So I I was internet stalking you. And oh boy. Because I didn't uh -oh. realize this until I discovered this. So, by the way, Tom and I are going to be at a conference. And that's in September, right? That we're September, gonna October. Yeah. 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 The uh, Concero, it's a legal operations group. And so I'm going to really grill you on this when I see you. But um, for this show, I got to know. So I understand you're a college sports fanatic and a craft beer aficionado. So I am. I got to know what's your favorite college sports team. And okay. when you're watching your favorite, what craft beer are you drinking? So I'm originally from Ohio, and as I'm sure that you know, people who live in Ohio love Ohio and love everything about Ohio. So um, I'm from Dayton originally. So I grew up watching uh, the Dayton Flyers um, and have always been very heavily into college basketball. Um, I also think, weirdly, not to like go back to legal operations, but that data and everything that you use, that's just naturally who I am. So I like to look at metrics of college basketball and follow Ken Palm and things like that. Uh, so college sports is definitely Dayton Flyers or Ohio State. And as far as craft beer is concerned, actually one of my uh, best friends that I've known uh, for years and years, his family actually owns a brewery uh, in uh, outside of Chicago called Pollyanna. And they actually have a wonderful uh, sour beer collection. And I'm very much into sour beers. And so they have a, a blackberry uh, sour beer. They have a cherry lime sour beer and so a mango. And so I'm really into drinking uh, sour beers. 
Interesting. I didn't, didn't yes. even know that there's sour beers. I'm not a beer drinker, but I am a college sports fan. I'm college football. I'm from the South, so I'm a Florida Gators fan. Go Gators. Your Ohio State stole yep. my Urban Meyer, but but he left, so <laughs> meh. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Tom, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. If anyone wants to reach out to you, how can they contact you? My email address is T as in Tom, and then my last name is Stevenson, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N, the number one at gmail.com, as well as finding me on LinkedIn, Tom Stevenson, uh, head of legal operations at Teladoc. I'm more than happy to uh, reach out or answer any questions or just have a general discussion about legal operations. Tom, thank you so much. We really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much, Carl. Hang tight, everyone. We're going to be right back after a break for the station identification. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry, connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. Well, don't forget, everyone, NALA's annual convention is July 22nd through the 24th, which is coming up. There are over 1,200 paralegals that are going to be attending this year. Again, it's virtually. I will be there in attendance as well. So you still have time to register. You're not missed the deadline. So definitely don't wait. And that's all the time we have today for the Paralegal Voice. If you have questions about today's show, of course, always feel free to email me at devotedtolaw at gmail.com. That's D-E-V-O-T-E-D, the number two, L-A-W at gmail.com. Always, I love to hear from the listeners. So feel free, shout out, give me info about what's going on in your respective associations, your job. I love to hear from you guys. So That's it for today, and stay tuned for more information in upcoming podcasts for exciting paralegal trends, news, and engaging and fun interviews from leading paralegals and other leading legal professionals. Thank you for listening to The Paralegal Voice, produced by broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com, find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download Legal Talk Network's free app in Google Play and iTunes. And reminding you that I'm here to enhance your passion and dedication to the paralegal profession and make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.